Welcome back to Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. It's great to be back here with you this week for episode two of She-Hulk, titled Superhuman Law. Last week's QR code in episode led to a comic. It was the first comic ever for She-Hulk, and it was a nice little Easter egg. I think they're going to be doing that every week for every episode. There's going to be hidden QR codes, so keep an eye out for those. With She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool, but in our own Marvel Cinematic Universe for the very official first time, we have no idea where this show can lead us in all her misadventures in court, law, and beyond. So, without further ado, let's just get right into the episode. It starts off with a bunch of news reports kind of reporting the end of last week's episode, where Titania, who we find out at the beginning of this episode to be a super-powered social media influencer, um, did all this because she was fleeing traffic court. She was fleeing traffic court. This is nothing huge. She wasn't apparently attacking um, this, this court trial because of anything bigger going on here yet, so we know so far, right? And we find out that, yeah, this is just a basic superhuman influencer. We have these in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I call her far from basic and just a little bit beyond fabulous, right? In the news reports, we get more court sketches of the recent attack on the courtroom. And it's really cool. It's kind of like comic book panels in a sense. But in the MCU, it's another one of those we get a reference to what this is based off of in the world of the show. Uh, But they're courtroom sketches. And it's really, really cool um, how this is done and how She-Hulk officially gets her name in one of these news reports she uh it's just like reference to last week's episode bruce banner says we don't really choose these names you know for ourselves the public kind of gives that to gives them to them in the previously on jennifer gets referred to as a superhero by bruce and she says she'll never be a superhero and right here in the beginning of the episode a new superhero causes to uh you know they're saying call your superhero right away so that call to being something greater is really not letting her go she's been identified as district attorney jennifer walters one reporter tells us another reporter says members of the jury are calling the green woman a hero who saved lives followed by an eyewitness being questioned by another reporter asking him what happened he goes on to say yeah this chick pretty decent (laughs) went on to be turned into a chick hulk and then the reporter looks right at the camera and says a she hulk so it is a news report but again Kind of leaning into that fourth wall breaking feel of this show, you know, it, it very much, it very much is a callback to last week. Now Jen and Nikki stand outside a bar called Legal Ease, and inside there are chants for She-Hulk. And Nikki tells Jen, "That's for you," and she says, "No, that's for somebody named She-Hulk." Not accepting her newly given identity right away here. That can't possibly be what they're calling me, Lady Hulk, Girl Hulk, She-Hulk. Come on, just give them what they want. Nikki tells her. Jen hesitates and then gives us a look like, are we really doing this, right? (laughs) I love that. And cut to her walking into the bar as She-Hulk and her being embraced. And she looks pretty epic. She takes a big drink and she says, that that name better not stick. It's so dumb. I can't not exist without being a derivative of the Hulk. I'm saying this as laughing because as we all know, I mean, the title of the show, She-Hulk. She's not getting rid of this name anytime soon. She is She-Hulk. <laughs> Nikki replies that the Hulk is also a pretty dumb name. 
fellow lawyer Dennis from last week, as you remember, he was the one trying to kind of give her direction and kind of push her in one way or the other. He doubles down and says, seriously, how did you get these powers? And she says she doesn't feel like talking about it, which is fair. He refers to this as nepotism. I knew it. Nikki tells him to take a walk, and then in quotes he says, there's a hot chick over there. I'm going to go talk to it. Okay, so we get to know Dennis really well in this very short interaction, and um, I'm judging him. Someone gave Nikki drinks for free just because Jen is a superhero, and Jen goes on to say she didn't rack up all these student loans and debts just to become a vigilante. That's for billionaires, narcissists, and adult orphans for some reason. But you can be an Avenger, Nikki insists. Do the Avengers offer health care, maternity leave, a pension? Are they even paid? A good question to be raised here in this show. How are the Avengers compensated for their superhero duties? Here's the thing, though, Nikki replies. Hulk Jen is a total snack. Don't you agree? Nikki just wants all the perks of Jen being She-Hulk. She's not really thinking about Jen's actual well-being and concerns, which Jen raises a lot of very good, lawyery, but good points about being a superhero right here from the beginning. And she's very self-aware of the trouble it can bring her regular life that she's aiming for. A man approaches her, and it seems to be her boss, and he asks to have a word with her for a minute, and if she can go back to Jen, Jen, not Hulk Jen, this is a serious conversation, and she kind of hesitates, and um, we see a tiny bit of superhero discrimination here, I'm not going to lie, um, but you know he's not used to talking to her this way, so she does go back into regular form, and then tries to like lean on the bar, but she's not used to her smaller form, and she kind of stumbles over directly on the floor. <laughs> she she gets up off the floor extremely drunk and she tells him different metabolism as we remember from last week this is Jen Hulk processing all the alcohol she probably just put down as she Hulk oh my goodness she is smashed uh, we find out that they didn't win the case that they were at trial for last week which Jen immediately argues yeah we did drunkenly and he says that the jury was biased because she Hulk the whole she Hulk thing and how she saved all of their lives and she kind of asked him drunkenly but also, appropriately, what was I supposed to do? Let them get hit in the face with a desk and they get hit with blunt force trauma and, you know, bleed all over the floor? Very descriptive, Jen, and not really appropriate, right? Her boss tells her that you did the right thing, but it unraveled our case. He says, I'm sorry, Jen, and she says, I'm sorry too, boss. And then he replies, no, I'm sorry, I have to let you go. This makes you a liability to the DA's office. She didn't even want to do this, and here she is having to pay for the immediately re immediate ramifications of being a superhero. She snaps into it from being drunk to being what seems pretty much sober. She says, wait, wait, you're firing me? And we get our title, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And that is the beginning of our episode. Just the cold open. This show's just really fun already. I, I'm really, I'm just going to say in this moment how excited I am that this show is happening. I remember when I started this show, one of the few things I anticipated from marvel was she hulk and how were they going to do that and here we are over a year later talking about it and it's just an honor to be talking about it with you before the title credits go away we see she hulk attorney at law turn to attorney for hire so just a reminder just how fast being a superhero can affect your day-to-day -day life and lies in bed and wakes up to a message from her cousin bruce he calls her fuzzball he says he's just checking in on her and just if she wants to talk, no gloating this time, he promises. Maybe a little, he admits. Immediately, she's hungover and just stressed about what happened the night before. The uplifting beat of the show turns a bit somber as Jen goes to interviews at different law firms. 
We can't hire a lawyer who's such a big distraction in court, one law office tells. We're not prepared to offer you the position at this time, says another. Sorry, it's a no. And then the last one, we can't just take the risk of a sideshow. And as each of these scenes passes, the room she's in and her facial expression grows darker and gloomier and a little sadder. And we can relate. I can relate. Going, Trying to get a job sometimes is very tough. Trying to get a job as a lawyer I can't imagine as a She-Hulk. Now that is probably one of the hardest things to go through. You can't tell me that you've actually been through that unless you are a She-Hulk, in which I might not know. Maybe you're hiding it better than Jen Walters. Jen looks up at the ceiling from her bed, just a bit distraught from all of this. Now she sits on the couch with Nikki, continuing to look for jobs. Nikki on her phone while Jen's on her laptop. Nikki looks at what Jen is looking at for jobs, and it's an article that says, 10 offbeat jobs for a fresh start. And here we have our QR code for the week right on this website. If you don't see it, it is at 558 to about 602 at the top right corner of the website Jen is on with the offbeat jobs. If you click that, there's a hidden QR code that will take you somewhere special this week. Let me know what you think. MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. As far as I know, this might just take you to the same place as last week. But from what I know, that this is going to be continue to be updated. So make sure to check it. Nikki tells her eye on the prize to pretty much get off this site. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I'm sad and lonely, Jen tells Nikki. And I feel so bad for her. She she literally didn't ask for this or barely, she actually saw this coming if she had used her powers as She-Hulk. But what would anyone else have done in that moment if you had Super Hulk powers? You would have used them to save the courtroom, right? Before sinking further in her couch... Uh, and pretending to snore, Jen gets a text from her mom telling her, don't be late for dinner. Jen kind of groans, and Nikki's like, what, did you get fired again? And she says, no, family dinner after I get fired. Jen begs Nikki to come with her, and she says she can't, she has a date. Jen replies that she'll never forgive Nikki for this. As we begin to wonder why Jen is dreading to go meet her family, we get to meet her family. She brings a dessert box, and she opens the door and walks in, and she says, Mom, Dad, I'm here, and they embrace her, just like any parents would. The adult orphan trope is not following Jen. As she hands her mom the box of dessert, she says, You know, this much sugar is really bad for you and your waistline. Okay. Her dad tells her that he already told everyone, so it won't be awkward. You gotta love when dad tries to make things better in his way. No one's going to bring it up, her dad tells her. As she walks in, one of her family members says, Yeah, you got fired <laughs> right away. Everyone yells, Chad, and he says, What? You said to bring it up. And, I, and the dad said, No, I told you not to bring it up. Such a family right here. If anyone has any bit of an outlandish family that can probably relate to a situation like this. Why would I tell you to bring it up? She already feels like complete crud, her dad says. It's okay, dad. I got fired. Yes, but it's fine, Jen tells her family. Chad, in the meanwhile, has big news. He got promoted to manager over at Best Buy. They clap for him, and Jen's dad says, employed and promoted. All right, Chad. Jen does have the look on her face that even her cousin slash brother, at this point, I believe it's her cousin, uh, can get this job and get a promotion and have this news for the family, but I have nothing right now, and that is also a relatable feeling when you are somewhere in the world and you see everyone else pulling ahead above you and you just feel like you can't get ahead too. Meanwhile, Jen's mom tries to tell her about this man named Yusuf that works at this coffee shop that she goes to and Jen immediately says, don't set me up, mom. And she says, no, he's much too young for you. Her mom tells her, he wants to be a superhero. And I told him that my daughter was a superhero. He hadn't heard of you, but I gave him your number so he could ask you for advice. That is the most mom thing I've ever heard of 
but how horrible for Jen in this moment. Please stop giving my number out to strangers, Jen tells her mom. Jen's dad goes on to ask, that Hawkeye guy, what happens to those arrows of his after he shoots them? Does he go around and collect them and pick them up or before he gets cut off? Jen's dad asking the real questions here, right? Who's going to go ask Spider-Man or what happens to all Spidey's webs after he you know, flies around the city using them, Does do they just dissipate? I always imagined that the webs disappeared after some amount of time. Some sort of eco-friendly web that would just not stay. It would kind of go away after a day or two. But how sustainable can that web be when swinging somebody through the air and your life is depending on that swing of that web? Ben's uncle swoops in and tells her that Melanie, his wife, is a stylist and she can help you. The whole family has an idea for Jen at this point. She says, let's get this hair more like She-Hulk's. So she doesn't want her to look all curly constantly. She wants her to have the She-Hulk care all the time. Clearly there is some big buzz for She-Hulk right now in the world or the you know street level Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. So back to Hawkeye, her dad goes back in. It's pretty hazardous to leave those things lying around. He's really concerned about the arrows being everywhere. The whole family talks to her at once at this point as Jen puts her hand on her face and she kind of sinks into the table and... Um, one of the subtitles says that Bruce is one of the guys who saved billions of people. He snapped his fingers and saved the whole world. Like, you know, she's uh, she's probably always being compared to her cousin Bruce and even more so now. She probably always has to hear about Bruce at these family dinners and now she's just going to be like directly compared to him. Which sounds kind of great, but for Jen, she doesn't want that. She just wants to be herself. Her dad then tells her, there's a couple of things I could use your help with before you go. And they go into the garage and she says, what do you need my help with, dad? And he says, that was just an excuse to check in with you. He asks her how she's doing, kiddo. Jen says, I'm okay, kind of after a hesitation. And her dad asks her, really? And she replies, well, I'm not okay, but I'm okay with not being okay. Because it just sucks. I thought I could keep this at bay. For I don't know how long. Eternity, she tells her dad. So I didn't think she was going to lose her job in the second episode, uh, personally. I thought she probably will continue to be an attorney at long on the same exact path um, she set on, but this show is good, doing a great job at exceeding our expectations. I just hate how it got revealed this way, like in front of the whole world, but I wasn't just going to let those people get hurt. What kind of person would that make me? Now I feel like I'm being punished for doing the right thing. I get fired for saving people, and now I can't get another job because of it. Her dad interjects that you didn't tell me about her losing her job. What are all those years of law school even for, she tells him. Her dad keeps trying to interject, but Jen keeps going on with what's going on. Maybe I just should have let those people get smushed by that desk, she ponders. No, Jen, no. This is what her dad interjects. Sweetheart, it's going to be okay. In his big green sweater, her dad clearly just wants to support her. This isn't even the first time we've had to deal with a Hulk in the family. She looks up at him and he replies, And you didn't destroy a city! He starts to laugh and then she finally has a smile on her face. It does feel like a weight has been lifted, she tells him, but it does feel like there's a new weight. And he replies, The thing you were dreading happened, but look, you're still standing, and now you get to keep moving on. Pretty sound advice from dad, if you ask me. The look on Jen's face seems to agree with this, and she seems pretty content with her dad's advice. Back at Legal Ease, the bar from the beginning of the episode, Jen is drinking a beer, and the bar asks if she wants another one, and she tells him, no, I'm balling on a budget now. Now a man named Holloway approaches her at the bar, who Jen remembers him by name, and offers to buy her a drink. He was on the defense team for the other side of the court, so he was working for whoever Jen was arguing against last week. He says he'd like to offer her a job. 
She asks him if this is a joke, and he replies, I never joke. Miss Walters, he tells her, you laid out a winning case against us before I had it declared a mistrial. It's no easy feat against GLK and H. So I want you to come work for us, he tells her. And she replies, so you got me fired and now you want to come hire me. Which is a fair point. However, Jen doesn't have a lot of options at this point, right? To be the head of a new division, he begins to tell her. And before he can go further, she just tells him, I accept. But I will only do it if I can hire my own paralegal, she sort of hesitantly tells him. Non-negotiable. And he replies, I don't care who your paralegal is. And she's like, yes. You start Monday, and he walks away, and she's surprised, and she tells the bartender, Pedro, Jen Walters is back, baby. It's now Monday, daytime, and an aerial view glides over Los Angeles, current home of this show. Briefcase under her right arm, Jen triumphantly walks into a very tall skyscraper. She pushes the door instead of pulls it, but she eventually makes her way into the building. Holloway greets her and says, welcome, Miss Walters. We are thrilled to have you a part of our team. She says she's so happy to be here, and she follows him. It's an exciting time at GLKNH. More and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork. We just started a superhuman law division. And I want you, well, the She-Hulk, to be the face of it. She has this look that drops on her face. Like, I didn't know this is how it was going to go. And he says, I want you to show up at work and in court as the She-Hulk. Not as a normal person, he emphasizes. And she says, right now? Before she can say anything else, he says, terrific, and goes to the next room, and the next scene, she is She-Hulk, being escorted through the law office. As she walks through the office, a man walks into another guy pushing a cart and just falls over because, well, they're looking at the She-Hulk, and they're not expecting to see a Hulk at their office. As Holloway escorts her through the office, he tells her that we are the first top-tier law firm to launch an entire division dedicated to superhuman law. Now she starts to talk to us directly. She says, this sucks. Is this why they hired me? I am totally qualified, but now everyone around here will always think that this is the only reason I got the job. It's so unfair. I should be able to enjoy the fact that I just got an amazing new job, and I can't. Holloway continues to talk to her under this and she continues to get stared at by co-workers um a judgmental looking woman already is kind of giving her the eye as she says this she passes a bunch of men laughing in a conference room and she says these dodos never had to deal with this on their first day at work all i want to do is cheer jen on in this moment and just i agree i agree yes and i agree ma'am holloway cuts her off in saying this but what do you think about it hesitantly she replies i'm a bit agnostic Holloway knits his brow and he says, interesting, unprecedented for sure. He starts to chuckle and turns around and continues to lead her in. And she looks back at us and says, I'll spend the rest of the year worrying about what I just said. I totally relate to that. He leads her to her office and he says, I'll leave you to settle in. And Nikki is already in there in a bright yellow shirt. And wow, the office is just gorgeous. And it has a view. Nikki asks her, why are you in Hulk form? That's a look. I just found out the only reason they hired me is because they wanted a Hulk lawyer in the superhuman law division. Look at everything it's getting us. Big ass windows, a fully stocked mini fridge, and a desk. She brings her over. I mean, this is normal, but this is a very fancy desk. She happily reminds Jen. Jen realizes out loud that she'll have to buy an entirely new wardrobe just to come to work. And Nikki, you know, reminds her, yeah, you're making enough money to do that now. A knock on the door and Pug introduces himself. He is also part of the superhuman law division. Jen also introduces herself. I'm Jennifer Walters and he says, I made you guys a welcome basket. It's got some office supplies to get you started, some snacks, and also a map to the the best bathroom for pooping. She tells him thank you. <laughs> kind of like, what? You can tell Pug is going to probably be some good comedic relief on the show. Aside from the comedic relief we already get.
Later, she sits across from Holloway as he's telling his assistant to let someone go and then, you know, sending someone else to another pl- uh, to Minneapolis and Jen's getting poured a drink by another one of his assistants at the same time. After they leave, she says, Mr. Holloway, I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to take on whatever case you want to assign me to, but he cuts her off. Your first case is the parole of Emil Blonsky, also known as Abomination. She hesitates. Mr. Blonsky has been serving his sentence in an ultra-high security prison. I'm very familiar with Mr. Blonsky, sir, she tells him. So you know there's a lot of controversy surrounding his possible release. This is extremely high profile. The publicity alone is worth GLKNH taking this on pro bono. I'm sorry, but I can't represent him, sir. I have a serious conflict of interest. This man tried to kill my cousin Bruce. He says, yeah, that's quite all right. Mr. Blonsky is well aware of your familial connection and has signed a conflict waiver. He would like to retain you specifically as his attorney. For those that don't remember or haven't seen the original Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, the abomination, this character, was the antagonist of this film. And it's he is one of Hulk's kind of classic antagonists in the comics. So yeah, this is a big deal. Jen replies, I have to say I am not comfortable taking this case. I would much prefer to be assigned literally to any other case at this firm. He coldly tells her that if you don't take this case, you don't have a job here. Wow. Right off the gate, Jen has no option but to represent Bruce Banner's antagonist and another Hulk, uh, angry evil Hulk in court. Now, spoilers for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I will be posting a review of in the near future. Sort of a running joke in this show at this point, um, but I'm working on getting a really good review out for that episode, uh, for that movie. Um, you learn a little bit about him at least being about in the world in that movie. Holloway tells her that at the very least you should meet with the client before you decide. She ponders this for a minute and hesitates and then takes the file. Now, a gliding view pulls away from the damage control supermax prison as the audio description calls it. So I don't think this is the raft as you might expect Blonsky to be at because we are, if you remember, the raft is on the East Coast and this is the West Coast. So this is where they keep the supervillains of the West Coast, apparently. A giant damage control facility. And this place is locked down. If you remember, damage control has been around in the MCU. It's something Tony Stark sort of helped launch on its feet after the first Avengers movie. We learned this in Spider-Man Homecoming. And at the beginning of that movie, this is the group that halts the Vulture and his crew from taking all the Chitauri scrap metal and reselling it on any market they want to. So damage control is back. Jen approaches the prison in Hulk form, the prison much bigger than she is, even in Hulk form. Um, and the guard says, no, you can't come in like that. No superpowers inside. So immediately contradicting the thing that she's just hesitantly, not really even wanting to do, be the Hulk. And she has to kind of embarrassingly unhulk it to go in here. Inside, she follows a guard down to a doorway with red laser beams from top to bottom guarding the door. The beams rise around his body as he steps through. They lower in front of Jen and she stops and he tells her to walk through. So she walks right through them. I don't know how these things work. Maybe they only can work with certain people or non-superheroed individuals to walk through these things. Um, but they're definitely super power guards of some sort. The guard tells her, when you enter the visitor safe area of the cell, do not step past the yellow line. Do not touch the glass separating you and the prisoner abomination. Although we have taken every precaution, we cannot guarantee your safety, he tells her. As he's telling her all this, they're walking through the hallways of this deep security prison and um, one of the shots is over a security camera. Do you accept these conditions, he asks her. And she says, yes, he has her sign a waiver. And he says, also, in the event of injury or death, 
please indicate who we should notify. It's that bad, huh? She asks him. Never let your guard down, he says. The prisoner is a very dangerous man. Is he going to serve me up with some fava beans and a nice key? And he starts to tell her. And the guard strictly, sternly says, ma'am, this is a prison. Of course, she says. The room she enters opens a giant metal door that just lifts up into itself. And, man, this place is locked down. I can't even, I cannot imagine the hulk breaking his way out of here this is literally the hulk level prison that is needed to guard superhuman abilities jen enters the visitor safe area the guard follows and waits for her by the door jen walks towards a cylindrical cell with transparent walls at the center of the concrete chamber his arms crossed neil blonsky turns to her stares her down for a second and says jennifer walters well first off he sits down Namaste. And he sort of holds his hands out and shrugs and gives her uh, somewhat of a more kind smile than you'd expect. And she says, I was expecting, and she says, abomination, right? She passes the yellow line and alarms go off and more red lasers rise ahead of her and she backs off immediately. She says, sorry about that. You won't be seeing much of him about. Honestly, I've completely transformed myself. You know, physically, obviously, but also spiritually. She asks him, does that mean that you can't turn into the abomination anymore or you won't? No, it means that I choose not to. Which a lot of us know isn't exactly true, because we have seen him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Wong in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm simply Emil now, he tells her. Russian-born, British-raised, Royal Marines commando, on loan to the U.S. government. She gives him an okay, and he goes on to tell her, tell her that he has seven soulmates that he met through the prison pen pal program that he wants to start a new life with. Jen can only reply with a wow before he says, let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? She gives him a bit of a look, and he says, your cousin, the Hulk, and she replies, corrects, my cousin, Bruce. Semantics, he replies, he was the Hulk, wasn't he? He admits that he tried to kill him, and we need to get that out of the way. It wasn't personal or anything, so I was under direct orders from your government. But she replies, then you went on a destructive rampage in Harlem, and that wasn't sanctioned by the government. He replies, yeah, but that's because they pumped me full of that super soldier serum. And she surprisingly replies, the serum the government gave you caused your subsequent actions? He tells her that he was a highly decorated soldier and he was sent on a mission to take out a threat. And I thought I was the good guy. I thought I was gonna be Captain America or something. And it's kind of sincere as he tells her this. And now that very threat, your cousin, is held up as some kind of hero and I'm locked up in here. Where's the justice in that, Jen, he tells her. And me being any sort of sucker for a sob story like this, I'm sort of on his side after 15 years of being the abomination after the movie The Hulk. We know that this is 15 years in time. We don't know if he's been snapped or not, so we don't know like if he had five years off. Still a long time to be persecuted for a mistake that you made under the influence of a serum. If he is being sincere here, which supervillains tend to get their way out of sticky situations by BSing the heroes and monologuing a bit, right? Jen tells him that she understands his point, but the parole board's gonna need to know that you feel remorse for your actions to even consider release. He says, I do, and I've written a haiku to each of my victims expressing my sorrow. And he says, I could tell you some, and she's like, no, but he starts to go into the haikus anyway. My tiny ears here, so she cuts him off. If I were your attorney, I would advise you to speak truthfully from the heart instead of trying to gauge what you think they might wanna hear. He tells her that it is from the heart and he just wants to live in peace on a large piece of property purchased for me by my seven soulmates. Right, she tells him, and he asks, do you think you can help? And she tells him she'll think about it. 
it is kind of a lot to think about personally. Later, over a shot of the sun setting over Los Angeles, great shot of the city. Um, we get Halden Holloway on the phone. Miss Walters, I expect to hear your decision by the end of today. So Jen sits in her apartment with this ultimatum given to her by her new boss. Um, ultimatums aren't necessarily the greatest, uh, especially when it comes to work. She's reviewing the abominations file. She closes the file and picks up her phone to make a phone call. A bit of a moment before we see Bruce Banner as Smart Hulk answer the phone. Any appearance by the Hulk will flip me out and most likely the audience. It's super exciting always to see him no matter what, even if it is a show about S.H.I.E.L.D. He answers, hey Jen, what's up? She lets him know that she got a new job and he says, congratulations, that's fantastic. But part of the deal is I have to take on Emil Blonsky as a client. And I couldn't do that without talking to you first, she tells him. Bruce starts to say okay, but she cuts him off and she says, it doesn't seem like you hold a grudge or at least you've never talked about it before. And you're always saying that everyone deserves a second chance. And I'm not falling for an act here, but Blonsky did seem to have really good arguments, you know? He was so compelling and maybe I want to believe that he's reformed. Bruce tries to interject, well, sure, we all want to be. And she says, isn't rehabilitation something we should strive for as a society? That's what you'd hope for. But none of this matters. She cuts him off again if you don't feel comfortable with it. And he says, Jen, I think you're calling me to tell me you're taking the job. I'm calling you to tell you I'm taking the job, yes. And he says, that's great, Jen, you should. What a supportive cousin. You know, no, no hesitation on his end on just supporting her and what she wants to do here. Actually, Blonsky wrote me a really nice letter a while back and a really heartfelt haiku. <laughs> <laughs> something uh so we put everything behind us that fight was so many years ago he goes on to tell her that i'm a completely different person now literally haha ha, she says sarcastically so you're sure you're okay with it and he says yeah i'm okay with it sounds like you're okay with it too it's a big step into the world cuz it's not easy going public he reminds her what they end up naming you anyway and she tells him she hulk and he starts to laugh <laughs> she says don't even and he replies, no, I love that. That's got a nice ring to it. She-Hulk, attorney at law. He says the name of the show. She tells him that there are some strings attached that he's not so happy about. It's going to be a lot to navigate. It all worked out. You got this. Just be careful, okay? He reminds her. Yeah, I'll be careful. You coming to LA anytime soon, she asks him. And he tells her, yeah, probably not for a minute. I got some things I got to take care of. The view draws back from a window to show him aboard the Commodore and it zooms through space. And she says, okay, call over, I guess. What is Bruce Banner doing in space aboard the Commodore? It's the ship owned by the Grand Master. So Bruce is back in outer space, going most likely to see the Grand Master is what we can assume. The scene makes it look like he is literally in his office back on the uh, beach, but no, he is in outer space, man. The Hulk is going back. This is setting up his own movie or something. What do we got going on here with the Hulk? The only reason I know it is the Commodore is because if I will remind you, as I do in a lot of episodes, I listen to my, I watch my uh, She-Hulk and most of my Marvel shows with audio description. So it'll kind of give you some extra details if you ever were interested in doing something like that. It's a bit of an experience uh, in that of itself, but it gives you the detail like Bruce Banner aboard the Commodore. In his office, Holloway waits for Jen's phone call and it rings and he says, there you are. And she tells him, Mr. Holloway, I would like to accept your offer. He replies, that's good to hear, Miss Walters. So that means you're taking Blonsky's case? Absolutely, she tells him. All personal complications have been resolved, and I guarantee you, you're getting my best work. I've already got a winning strategy, she tells him, and it's 100% in the bag. Glad to hear it, he tells her. You might want to take a look at the news right now, he adds. Tell each other to have a good evening, and she hangs up, and she turns the TV on. A reporter tells the camera, so far there have been no statements made by Emil Blonsky's attorney. After shocking footage leaked showing the abomination participating in what appears to be an underground fight club. After having somehow escaped from prison. 
oh, Jen says, and she turns to us and says, that sucks. <laughs> Black screen. Oh, my goodness. So it is no better time, and if not ever, for me to go back into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, spoiler alert. I will be covering that soon. And, man, this is going to play directly into this show. Um, we did not know there would be complications arising for our attorney at law, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, due to Emil breaking out of prison and going to fight our main man, Wong. Uh, but we know for sure that this is going to play directly into the show. Will we get some sort of crossover um, with Shang-Chi, or better yet, are we going to get to see Wong in this show? Man, that is insane. There's a few new courtroom sketches in the end credits, um, one being her getting directions from the bathroom, uh, to the bathroom, um, where to poop. <laughs> Don't poop here, poop here. Um, another one of her with the new members of her law firm. Um, I like these courtroom sketches at the end. We get a post credit scene of some of the things that Jen is helping her family with around the house and Shed tells Jen and her dad as she's lifting up the car for, for him to change the wheel. I don't know what a 4K is, but here's the thing. Nobody does, but you still need it. <laughs> That's a good point. What the heck is 4K even? He doesn't even know what he's doing down there, he says. And she lifts up the car for him like with no effort at all. It almost looks like she's just lifting it up with one finger. She mounts a TV on her wall for her dad, and she says, do not touch these wires again. Ched, the cousin, stands behind her and says, I could have done that. Another shot shows Jen carrying like six gallon jugs of water into the house for her dad and she says i'm glad you're staying hydrated dad but this seems a little excessive he runs to open the door for her and we cut to the final credits and wow i like that we're getting more post-credit scenes in this show um always check for a post-credit scene so in this episode we go from jen walters not having a job as a lawyer to becoming a superhero lawyer in that of itself. This episode didn't drag for one second, and I loved it. Very strong second episode in the series. Let's head over to reddit.com slash rmarvelstudios and read what the fans are saying. The top comment is something I didn't realize. I'm a completely different person now, literally. Holy shit, LMAO. Look, I'm here, it's me, deal with it, let's move on, is the next comment. Um, the top comment was by Tia Mutt and the following comment by Avenue Nick. Referencing when Rhodey was replaced by Don Cheadle um, via Terrence Howard um, in the second Iron Man. And this is Mark Ruffalo's character, the Hulk, referencing that he wasn't even Edward Norton. <laughs> he is Mark Ruffalo. He's not the same man, literally. Tia Mutt replies again, I didn't think it was possible to have a more on-the-nose recast reference, and here we are. Someone linked to an image of somewhere in the episode there was a poster, and it says, why is there a giant man sticking out of the ocean? Um, reference to Eternals there. That is a nice reference. That's Wolfie is awesome on Reddit. Um, Duloc replied, it would be so hard to know what is real or what is not if you lived in the MCU. The most insane clickbait titled article or conspiracy theory you've ever seen is just a random Tuesday for them. Guyver423 says, Abomination story is kind of tragic from his point of view. I couldn't agree more. Uh, MP3Help replied, It's cool to hear the story from his perspective. Also, very smart that his only lies were by a mission. He left out the part where the Hulk was, where the Hulk blood transfusion he asked for was what drove him over the edge. He is pushing the story in his favor, and I wonder how much Jen Walters will alter slash help him out through his line in all of this. SR Enrique22 said, It was very smart to bring up the fact that he wouldn't have gotten to the point where he got if it weren't for the serum the government gave him. He goes crazy after that. He could argue the substance messed up his mind and it got and it might work out. 
and he wouldn't be entirely off either. MLS PDX says, Holt, where are you going, bud? Hell Knight replied to pay his child support. Geek Haven replies to that. Yeah, I was wondering if we might get Scar. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to actually go to where the Hulk goes or if he's just going to be gone for a few episodes without explanation. Gorilla Pete says, Dad asking for help just to check in with his daughter in private. Classy move. No no cool names left, replied, and then actually having her towed around a bunch of heavy shit in the post-credits because that's just such a dad thing to do. Absolutely, that is the most dad thing ever. And finally, Guyver423 says, I'm guessing Wong shows up in the next episode, and the following comment says, hopefully Wong will testify on Blonsky's behalf at his parole hearing. That is Comeback Shane on Reddit, and we are on reddit.com slash Studios. Get your Marvel after show, after show there for discussions and further it is a great place to go and that's where we are going to leave it this week pondering where will jennifer walter's career go from here even after the blonsky case who will she end up representing villains heroes is it going to be anyone we know um most likely hopefully more references to other movies and shows and crossovers this shows it has so much potential for crossovers in marvel when we get somebody breaking the fourth wall and jumping all over the map. Like I said before, the potential is limitless in She-Hulk Attorney at Law, which I think is why there are nine episodes. There's just so much they can do with the character and her story. And for a future Avenger, talk about one hell of an origin story. We are on Patreon, patreon.com slash marvelmaniac. If you'd like to support the show, that is currently the best place to do so. What are your thoughts on this week's episode and She-Hulk as a whole? marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com give us your thoughts positive comments only please and leave a review a positive review on the show if you enjoyed it it goes beyond a long way you have a wonderful week and until next time avengers disassemble